0: In episode 9 of the Lost Words podcast, myself and Jason chatted with English professional golfer Toby Tree. Toby's played on the Challenge Tour and the Sunshine Tour in the past and also got his card for the European Tour this season. And we just discussed the, the transition period from a really stellar amateur career into the professional game. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost Words podcast. Uh, today, myself and Jason are interviewing uh, an English golfer in the name of Toby Tree. Toby,
1: welcome. Hello, boys. Thanks very much for having me on.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, Toby, we just wanted to talk to yourself about uh, the sort of challenges you face from going from a, a very good amateur career to uh, the professional game, so um, you know, standout moments and uh, dealing with injuries and cue scores and things like that. So um, we'll start off by going with the, the current situation everyone's facing, um, obviously in, in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. And uh, how's that affected you personally? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, wild. Yeah. Um... Personally, for me, uh, yeah, it's tough to. It's obviously tough to get get all the things you want to do in to the day. I, I was in a nice role really to start the year. I Had a couple of months down in South Africa playing some events on European Tour and Challenge Tour, and then went over to Oman and Qatar. I was, I was on a roll really. I was good daily habits, uh, working hard, sort of seeing some improvements. My results were a little bit up and down, but. Yeah, I was getting there then obviously now we're in lockdown week four um I've got a little golf net in the garden uh I've got a little putting mat in my room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, got a gy- I've got a gym delivered actually before before we got locked down so I mean I can get some stuff done which is good so I'm pretty good at call of duty now
0: yeah, sounds um, good.
1: <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah I mean it's just it is what it is isn't it uh just get get on with it and it's quite nice spending a lot of time with my parents so I mean there's some good things come out of it
0: yeah, I mean because obviously as a professional golfer sorry Jason uh, as a professional golfer you you know you don't get some time at home really do you you're quite on the road especially with uh, the, the different tours that you're playing obviously in Africa and and on a challenge tour as well. Um obviously quite difficult to spend time at home.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I normally wrap round once the stuff finishes in in Europe. For me it was previously challenge tour I'd head straight down to South Africa play Sunshine Tour uh up until christmas and head back out in straight in january so for me yeah i, I was speaking to my mum. i can't remember the last time i spent like a number of weeks at home apart from when i was injured really so for, yeah, it's got i mean it's quite nice just getting to chill out life slowed right down uh just try and get as much stuff as you can done done and then yeah just spend time with with loved ones really
0: yeah, Jason, you had something you wanted to add in there.
2: Yeah, no, it was just it was just how your da- how your daily routines change. I mean, we'll go through it later. Where you, I know you've uh, been uh, sort of progressing your work ethic, shall we say, over the last yeah, season, yeah, sure. season and a half. So, what difference has sort of lockdown made? Did you have a routine where where you got up, you've done something potentially every morning or whatever?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm not quite as structured as some some guys, as in like have a set time. Normally, I'd figure out my day the. The night before, so say I will see my trainer, Charles, normally see him pretty early, 7.30 in the morning uh, over in Guildford, which is like a 45-minute drive for me. So that's an early start uh, to beat traffic. I'd normally be there for like an hour and a half and then head down to Goodwoods. And then I wouldn't have structures in like 10 o'clock this, 11 o'clock that. I just have certain things I want to get done throughout the day, really, and then just go through them. Uh, once I've done, I might play some holes, depending who's up there like the boys and that. If not, come home i sort of, sort of that way. I'm not really too much of a set time kind of guy, but yeah, my days are pretty full on um, at events and at home. Like lately, last year or so, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. I, I heard, sorry, I heard, um, heard an interview with uh, Brandon Stone, who I know that you would know from your early career as well. Yeah, um, yeah. he was saying he was desperate to get out there and hit some balls, uh, driving ranges, and some other players that hold up that haven't even picked clubs up. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that something that, well, whether that's right or not, I don't know. Is that yeah. something that you think you could do? Could you take two, three, four weeks off without touching a club or, or hitting a few pounds Yeah,
1: I, I did, to be fair. First, first sort of two weeks we were in lockdown, or actually when I got home from... Um, oh, it was Qatar, actually. When I got home from Qatar, i have been working hard for the last, I don't know, nine, ten weeks. So I had a little break <clears throat> from golf there. Saw some mates, had a tear up with the boys on the weekend. uh Yeah, I didn't touch my clubs for a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I'm fine doing that. Um, It's quite nice, really. And then you get motivation to get back into it, um, get practicing again. You sort of think, oh, I'd I'd like to hit some balls. Whereas after a long period of time working hard, you're at that stage where it's to be like, oh, I don't want to hit any balls. So it's good to get some motivation back for it. You You don't have a lack of motivation or anything like that, mate, no? Uh, no no for sure. I don't have a lack of motivation that's for sure but after say nine ten weeks on the road working hard it's quite good to have a, a week or two off mm. to sort of refresh and then by the end of that little break you're like oh I want to go and play golf I want to go and practice again so it just mm. refreshes you
0: yeah I think that's essential isn't it I think now we're seeing the, uh, especially you know, the high, high profile names if you like uh, uh, you know they're using these whoop bands and things like that which are sort of saying about recovery more than than actually the work they're putting in, so actually yeah, having absolutely. that downtime isn't it? Is to like you said, even out with your mates and you know some people will look at that and say you know you're not dedicating yourself to the game. But when you've spent nine, ten weeks of, of doing that and been on the road and hitting balls, you, you have to take the time off to then want to go and do that again, or are you just going to burn out?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I in South Africa start of the year, I was hitting a lot of balls trying to work on something technically, and <clears throat> come the fifth event in a row. It was Diadata. I normally really, I mm. normally play well at Diadata. I finished third the week before at Cape Town. And we drove from Cape Town Sunday night. I finished my round, jumped in the car, drive for four and a half, five hours up to George. And then Monday morning, I was on the range at 7.30. And then I hit so many balls again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it was three different courses, pro-am format. And by the time I picked it up Thursday, I was absolutely shattered. And I played so poorly that week. And then looking back at it, I was like, how can you... How can you go from finishing third to then missing the cut? At, like Normally, I play so well at Diadeta, so I was like, how have I managed that? And then looking back at it, it was like my fifth event in a row. And I just kept hitting so many balls. So I was going to the gym six days a week, hitting balls, which it was just counterproductive. I was hitting too many balls, not enough quality rather than quantity. So, yeah, stuff like that. Recovery is very important, I think.
2: That's an interesting learning curve, that as well, because between that, between what you said sort when I interviewed in 2018, where you said, you know, the difference was to uh, work a lot harder or yeah. concentration or whatever. So that little, that, that, that balance between working not
1: enough and working too hard, you're, you're learning yeah. that as you go through. Yeah, 100 percent. You've got to work. I think it's working working smart as well as hard rather than just beating balls for the sake of it, really, especially tournament weeks. Hmm.
0: I think this ties us in quite nicely to obviously where we want to start obviously back in your in your junior career. Um very successful junior career, amateur career. Um won a lot of tournaments at a young age, um, very close to a Walker Cup team, things like that. How different is it then to go, because 'cause I'm assuming there it all came a bit easy to you and, and then <laughs> yeah. and then you get to kinda of like a professional level and obviously it's not you know, it's not quite the same. Is that where hard work comes in as opposed to just natural talent.
1: Yeah, I think I had a yeah, I had a very good junior career. Uh I won pretty much everything as a junior. Uh I got to the top fifteen in the world amateur rankings. Uh it did I suppose it did come pretty easy, uh as a junior. And then I don't know really, I think there's loads of different factors that you can put into it. Obviously the professional game, the the standards is a lot better. Um it's a completely different ball game, you're suddenly playing for your living you're not playing off the backing of say England golf and my parents, which obviously I'm very grateful for. They, they helped me play as an amateur and a junior, but it's a completely different ball game, isn't it? When you peg it up on a Sunday, you're lying fourth. You've it's, you're playing for, for a lot of money when each shot counts. So it's a different pressure. Um, but it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, the, I haven't had this success as a pro of yet, yeah, as I did as a junior or an amateur. And, but I mean, every, yeah, it's, it's been a, a weird sort of few years for me transitioning there's um
2: there's a point and must be when you're sort of 14 15 16 through to whatever 17 18 and there's a fine line between being confident and being arrogant um yeah i I, I, you know i didn't know you at the time i don't know what you were thank god you didn't have twitter at that stage that's all i can say (laughs) um what sort of goes through your head because obviously you're turning up and everybody sort of knows that you're one of the main ones to beat at that time
1: yeah
2: Uh, what goes through your head you know was that easy to handle at that age? Because you obviously you're still at school and stuff
1: like that. Yeah, uh, it was. I didn't mind it to be fair. I had a set group of mates that sort of grew up with, and were all pretty good. Like, and I didn't really think of it as that, as such. Everyone was trying to beat everyone. And um, the England golf for me, Eng- the England golf setup was very good because it made me accountable for something. So I'd have to go to training weeks, and we'd be there with great coaches, great managers, other great players, and you'd have really disciplined training weeks and then when i turned pro sort of left to myself and i'm just a normal normal guy really i've got just a normal group of mates and suddenly you get some money from sponsors i signed with like a club manufacturer then you're left to it to yourself so suddenly you're a 19 20 year old guy and you've got to continue all that that like work and discipline on your own and i suppose that's what i struggled with um Compared to when I was an amateur, I had people sort of making me accountable for it. And then suddenly I'm a pro in the big big world of my own, trying to do it by myself.
0: It's interesting what you say there about, obviously, England golf. Because you say they've made you accountable. And a couple of guys I've spoken to, were sort of, they focus on their college golf in America. Um, as of somewhere they, they give you a lot of routine, um, sort of waking up early, working out going and playing events yeah. and things like that. Is, is that something that was, were you ever recruited to go to college in America or something that you decided not to do? Yeah, it... I,
1: I, when I visited Arizona State, when I played a golf, I played the tournament over there. Um, and then I went and visited Arizona. And then when I was 17 or 16, just as at the time I was going to go to Arizona, well, thinking about it, I signed with IMG as an amateur, which made me, and it made, basically I couldn't go to the States after signing with the management group so I chose to sign with IMG as an amateur and I chose not to go to the States looking back at it yeah I should have gone to the States really um, some of the boys like John Rahn for example when we were juniors he was he was like the same as everyone else really he was like good well, I dusted him up in a few events he, he obviously dusted people up and then he went to the States and next thing the guy's like well bitch he's unbelievable yeah. um, so I think that that structure they have over there, the amount of European guys that you see over there and when they come when they finish university, they explode onto the block so I think what they get over there sets them up for a great start of like a pro-life mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that, with what you're saying there and obviously for us, you know, myself and Jason, we're sort of outsiders and just looking in and, and it's easy for us to judge and obviously we didn't know that you, you'd had the opportunity to go there but it it does sound like there's something where if if you'd been able to go, it it really would have maybe made the transition into pro career uh, easier, but again, I've spoken to other pros that have have been to college, and as soon as they've gone to, to go and do it themselves, they still struggle with it, because obviously they don't have to so they can wake up at six o'clock in the morning like they used to and then go well I don't have to work out and still don't so when you see yeah, these guys on tour uh, big management teams and people surround themselves and I think sometimes they get mocked quite a lot for like oh why have got this big group of team? and why is it always we it's just you hitting the ball um, but obviously having a structure in place is clearly quite important
1: yeah yeah for sure The mo- the most successful people i'm seeing now they've all got a really good team around them so they use people for different aspects so you'd have your training guy you'd have your i don't know your psychologist some people use them um, your swing coach your short game and I, th- I feel like the most successful people have such good structure around them such a good team that they can work off That that's that's something i'm trying to develop now so you can use you can lean on different people to help you because i mean you don't have to do everything yourself the more help you can get from people that are experts in different areas that's only going to help you in in the long run
0: Jason, I know you wanted to talk about uh sort of a couple of wins that Toby had in South Africa, that's still as an amateur and, and yeah. sort of what that meant going forward.
2: Yeah, just to let, I mean people who people who are listening know. I mean, obviously, um just a couple of things I'd like to bring up. You won the Sir Henry Cooper Junior Masters back in two thousand eleven, mate. Well are you aware <laughs> are you aware at that sort of age the history of that event? So I've just looked back, cursory looks. um Loughton won it, um, and then obviously went on to smash the European Tour apart when he when he first came on. Tom Lewis won it. So you win it four years after Tom Lewis. Are you aware that that what that the history of that win? So when you win that, do you go away thinking, do you know what? Although I know I'm good, you must know you're good at that stage. Um, This is what these guys are doing. This is what I'm expected to do. Or this
1: is what I can do. What sort of pressures are there on you? Uh, I, I I did sort of know the history of the past winners and that. Like a, a mate of mine, Chris Lloyd, he, he mm-hmm. won that event. I think it was like a tournament record score. I still remember. I think he was like 23 under for oh, yeah. for the four rounds. And that that event was set up so well. The organizer of that, um, they still keep in contact. Actually, they're really good supporters mm-hmm. of amateur gold for them throughout like pro stuff. So that that event, I do remember it being a marquee event and the way they set it up. Um, I'm mem- I remember going into that week. You sort of you're expecting to do well. So at the time, no, I, I didn't really think anything of it. For me, I felt like that was my last year of junior golf and I should I should have been I should have been competing. There. I should be winning or finishing well. So I know at the time you're not really thinking much of it, really. OK, OK. And I
2: noticed that Marco Penge seems to be following you around. Um, I know you're a mate of his. Um, <laughs> yeah, he Penge. wins the under 16 three years after you and then he wins the uh, uh, Henry Cooper uh, uh, four years after you, I think.
1: Yeah, that's
2: um, it. I presume you're, you're you're taking a few quid off of him, are you? Uh, <laughs>
1: he's good. Being first to he's everything. A good player, <laughs> in place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. He's doing well. Uh, he had a good year last year on Euro Pro, but yeah, exactly. We grew up sort of playing playing together, and he had a lot of success as well as a junior. Um, so yeah, he's now on Challenge Tour this year, so I'm sure you'll see him do well this year.
2: And at what stage do you sort of do you start going to South Africa? Because you 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 start going as an amateur, and and you're playing some really good household names there. You know, you've got, uh, I think you're mates with Hayden Pultius. Yeah,
1: you? yeah, that's that's uh, where I started going really. I met I met Hayden and Brandon when we played a, a match against South Africa. I was like 14 or 15. Me and Hayden played each other in singles. <laughs> I was, I don't know, this isn't a good story for me, but I think I was doing, <laughs> me, doing me three or doing me two up and he finished. Birdie, 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 clutch yeah. is anything to half the game. And then uh, we just became friends really. He came over and stayed with me. uh was over here, played like British Am and that um and then i went over and stayed with him when i was a bit younger played some amateur stuff and then that's yeah i just kept going out there really i just fell in love with the place so, so he
0: put you up for a for a couple of weeks and you decided to beat him twice in quite in a, <laughs> in the good open twice that's, not, that's sort yeah. of of him back i suppose
1: it was quite with the, the first trip i went over we went and played down in durban um I mean, it was my first time in South Africa. Gone over there straight out, fresh from Christmas. Like, I hadn't really played golf. Went down to Durban, Durban Country Club. Tight track it was. I think I shot I shot like 85-78. Came off, and Hades looked at me, and he goes, I thought you wouldn't play well, but I didn't think you would play that badly. And we sort of <laughs> laughed. And then I won the next week. I was like 21-under round, peaking what it was. And uh, then he looked at me, and he said, "Well, I thought you played a bit better, but I didn't think you <laughs> would have played that well this week. So yeah, it's good. It's good fun down there. I mean, to go to go
2: over as a as a sort of outsider in effect and go and defend a title I don't, at whatever level it is to go from England to South Africa and defend a title and 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 beat their top amateurs must be must be an amazing confidence booster. They must hate you for that. But um...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's definitely good. So I, it taught me a lot of things going down there and playing. Um, the standard's good. You have to shoot low scores around there. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird when you when you say things like that. I never really thought of it like that when <clears throat> when it happened. It's just for me, it's just you just going to play golf and yeah, I I won that twice in a row. But it was another one really. It's like a provincial provincial event um, down there. So it's like Northern Hauteng. To if you're going to do anything good in golf, you should be you should be picking up wins in events like that and having good finishes really. Yeah, obviously, only now do we know the
2: standard of the, the, the field. You know, we didn't know then, but now yeah, we know yeah. the standard of the field, and it obviously looks, looks a cracking crack um, defence. Um, yeah. You, I mean, you then go on to win the Welsh Amateur, I think, which was one of your – was it that one of your last events, really, as, a, as an yeah, amateur? Yeah, yeah that, was of, that was one
1: of my last year as a um, – yeah, uh, I won the
2: Welsh. In 64 final round, which uh, I don't care what level, that's, um, that's still flying, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 it was good actually.
2: And uh, just, just to break the conversation up a little bit, sorry mate, is you get interviewed by a golfer, you may not remember this, which would be great if you don't, you get an interview <laughs> with Golfing World, uh, you, you obviously thank your parents and uh, Sport England as you've done now, um, and you say you want to be playing majors and be world number one, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and the next question was, um, which four ball would you like to be playing at all? That? Do you remember this year? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know what you're on about here, yeah, that was a, the British Hammer got interviewed
2: this yeah. Right, okay, so you, you, you say who would be your preferred four-baller at Augusta. Um, has your mind changed now, or is it still the same? I don't know if you remember what you said. I bet, did
1: I say Beckham? Yeah. Woods? Yeah. Vanessa Argent? You did indeed, well done, mate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed then. I no i uh, pretty
1: happy with that. I think that's a good yeah, I'll football. tell you, I think I'd still tell that, yeah. I'd ask Beckham <laughs> about his free kick to put England through to Euros against Greece. <laughs> no, um, well, probably great. ask Vanessa out for dinner. Yeah. And then, yeah, Woods, obviously, it's just Woods, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. He's got much to say, I suppose, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's got a few stories. Uh, I mean, you then, is that your first
2: go at Q School, 2014, I think? Say that again, mate? Uh, is that, was it your first go at the um, European Tour Q School, 2014, when you turned pro, I think? You yeah. Have a go at it? You, you make, the yeah. as well, make the final I, stages.
1: Yeah, I finished second, uh, second stage to Southgate. He birdied last to beat me, and then I missed out final stage, I got... Oh, yeah, I think I bombed out. I think I missed the cut completely after four rounds. So I got like a category on challenge tour, but it wasn't a very good one.
2: No. Okay. Okay. And, and you move on. And, and obviously you've got, you've got your performance in South Africa that we keep bringing up time and time again. You, you repeat the same efforts. You've brought it up yourself. Um, Even going through to this year, over the last five years, you turn up at the say, Eye of Africa, you've got, you know, 12, 25th, 4th, um, dimension data, obviously you say as well uh you you perfectly explained it It was a question for later but obviously you were absolutely exhausted then Cape Town your best professional effort really wasn't it in, in terms of in terms of points you get that was your best professional that was an excellent effort up there yeah. the way. but ha- what is I mean is there is there a, a psychology as you're approaching a certain week
1: where you think yeah you know I'm really looking forward to this South <clears throat> Africa's a weird one I over the last three four years I had some good finishes down there because I probably – well, I put my hands up. I didn't work hard enough back at home. Uh, there's a lot of distractions, uh, just one thing or another. Yeah, so my results weren't that great. Um, down there in South Africa, I normally go down to a place called Hermanus. It's beautiful, like a seaside town where I've met some friends over the years. And I go down there and practice after Christmas for like a few weeks before the season starts with a coach of mine, Steve Rolly. He goes down for a, for a holiday with his wife. So I head down there for like three weeks and do some really good practice before the season starts. It's like a little retreat down there. So I catch up with some friends and just practice for three weeks. So when I come out of there, I'm normally playing pretty decent. So I normally have a good little stretch there on Sunshine Tour for like a a couple of months before heading home.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because... Um, I was speaking to Chris Paisley in the past and he sort of said that one of the best times uh, one of his European tours he uh, would actually spent the winter doing the Hooters tour event in Orlando and uh, played really well on there and he said that just having that sort of practice throughout the winter you can't get over here during the weather um, really sort of boosting for a, an early season run on the European tour and like you say there as well is probably getting away from kind of distractions of, uh, of home life and and Christmas and things like that, and actually just going in there and putting some real good work, you actually see the results come from it.
1: Yeah, like literally my results always, always pretty good. That that spell end of Jan to the end of March down there after three weeks, really good work with my coach down there. So yeah, definitely, it definitely is proof in the pudding with that stuff. And also,
0: just going back to the uh, the events that you won back to back in South Africa as an amateur. Um, so, we obviously touched on Hayden Porteous there. Um, Brandon Stone and Xander Lombard as well, you've beaten um, sort of back to back in those years. Um, you see them now, obviously, uh, Brandon and, and Hayden have both won multiple times in the European Tour. Xander's doing well as well. How Do you find that frustrating that you beat them? sort of as an amateur and then they're going on doing what they're doing as a pro or Would you just find it is encouraging that you know you can play up to their standard and it sort of gives you a boost as to what to expect going forward
1: yeah I get this quite a lot to be fair because a lot of my friends like those three especially I was good mates have grown up Hayden we we're best mates for years uh, like Fitzpatrick a lot of these people I get asked this a lot um is it frustrating whenever you see your mates do well it's good um to see them perform at that high, on that especially on that stage, and to win multiple times, what Fitz is doing obviously, it's unbelievable. But I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of hard, a lot of hard work, dedication, and I suppose everyone's just on different journeys. Really, the good thing about golf is you can play, you can play to your what forty. If you keep in shape, you can play even a bit longer. Um, it's good because I suppose. You've beaten them before, you've got it in the back of the head, you, you can still beat them. But obviously, you've got to work so hard to get there and do it. Um, I just suppose we've had different journeys at the start of our our pro sort of careers, really, from 18 to 23, 24. They were probably a lot more dedicated, uh, working a lot harder. They've done things that I haven't done, and I've done a lot of things they probably haven't done. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, it's great to see them all doing so well. And now I'm at the stage where I want to get back there. I want to be competing with them. It's good to, to see my friends now on the European Tour this year. I hadn't seen Hayden for ages, really. We lost contact just because I was on Challenge Tour, he's on European Tour, he's doing his thing, I'm doing mine. So it's good to sort of be back there with them and and sort of spend time with them again, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we can, we I mean, we'll just jump forward a little bit and and go to that. Now you're, you've mentioned you're on the European Tour. Um, you had a tough year in, in 19 with injuries. Um, you didn't show up in South Africa, obviously, which is your main state uh, for the yeah. season. Um, and you end up sort of going to Q school. How Obviously, how are you feeling going into into that week? Because it's been a tough year.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. You don't, sure, you, I know quite. you
2: don't like a lot of the Challenge Tour courses. They're, 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 you know, <laughs> you they're, well, no, you say they're too tight for you. I don't know what else there is.
1: No, they're no, not tight. They're, they're wide open. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of a different ballgame, really. It's quite, it's like a bit of a pat-out each week, scoring's pretty low. But yeah, that weird, it was a weird year for me, that. I broke bone in my leg in December, or November, playing five-a-side five football with the boys. Probably not my cleverest move, so I missed the start of the season now. Um, and then I worked really hard, actually, up until, I worked really hard up until the start of the challenge, so I finished eighth, I think, or something, in Turkey, and had a top 20 the next week, and then the top, I think I had top 10, top 20 and top 30, the first three weeks on Challenge Tour. And I've been working really hard, and I came away from it. Prize money's not great. I didn't really get much out of it. And just I thought I worked really hard for like five, six weeks for that. And I sort of lost... Uh, not, I did lose a bit of motivation. And then I had a quiet summer. Uh, mm. June was pretty quiet. And then I got injured at my shoulder. I don't know what where it came from. must have been sunk in the gym, but I couldn't lift my arm. So I missed another... I can't remember four or five events on Challenge Tour came I was just dropping down the rankings came to the end of the year Q-Schools approach him uh, I worked for my, my old man actually That I worked in the summer for him for three weeks he's a plasterer my dad works his absolute nuts off so I was laboring for him did three weeks of laboring and oh, I don't know it was peanuts uh, basically T-boy for three weeks and then <laughs> I, saw, I, thought, I, I thought to myself I don't really want to be doing this for the rest of my life so I, I didn't come anywhere on Challenge Tour. I think I finished like 80th on the rankings. So I needed a good Q School. Otherwise, I was back in the same boat playing Challenge Tour, but like, not a full schedule. And then I just put a plan together and said, basically, if I don't do any good at Q School, that's it, really. I'll call it a day and get yeah. start getting a job. So that's before Q School, like two and a half months. I put a little plan together. Um, I stopped drinking. I didn't drink for two and a half months. Um, not that I drink a lot anyway, but I didn't have a night out or anything because I just thought I can't afford to be like hungover one day in bed and not not improve really
0: brilliant brilliant okay, you, it's, you... it's very interesting sorry way you say that is that um almost a bit of a wake-up call then like and i think a lot of people need to put that kind of self-pressure on themselves to to have a really good so they you know if, if you didn't you weren't successful at q school you were going to hang it up basically um and maybe pretty that, much yeah. switch actually just goes right well actually i'm gonna put my foot down and, and i do want to be a professional golfer this is a reminder i need to be a professional golfer and, and it must be encouraging and you pulled out in that week
1: yeah because uh, i mean if i did nothing at q school my category would have meant that i would have had no i would have had no tournaments until the start of challenge tour at best um which would have been in like april because I wouldn't have got into the co-sanctioned ones in South Africa because my ranking wouldn't have been high enough because it was a split field. So I'd have had all that time. It'd have been like six months with no tournaments really, and I mean I haven't exactly got much dough in the bank. So <laughs> I'd have had to get a normal job, but then after six months to then go back to a Challenge Tour. I mean it's a pretty tough gig to then play, sort of a restricted schedule. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit of pressure. I went, I worked so hard. I actually spoke to Wallace. Uh, I suppose it's like a month out before Q school, and just uh, picked his brain a bit really, and he just said to prepare as well as you can, so when you turn up, you're 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 like confident, but you've got low expectations, and that's what I had really. I just felt really really good that week.
2: It's uh, it was. I mean, I I can't think what it must be to to have to go there. I mean, I look at them sometimes. I look at them and you see people like Rick Carlberg there virtually every single year. <laughs> you um, see that part? You know, he held on the lots this year. Yeah, that... I did, actually, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that's mental, isn't it? Um, things just happen, don't they? Yeah, but, but I mean, we, I think we'll cover that very shortly about the the, the the difference between between a good round and a bad round. Uh, but if we can just return to Q-School, mate, because you're, yeah. you're, lying, you're leading after round two with Benjamin Pope, who goes on to win it. Yeah. Um, fan, great round, 72, 68, 69. You're lying tied fifth, Minus fourteen, final day coming up, you have to be in the top twenty five. Do you sleep
1: that <laughs> night? Uh I did the same, joe you know I had my mate Nathan Longley caddying for me and he was great all week. He's just he's always in a good mood, he's always bubbly. and um, we we did so well all week. We literally did the same thing every single day. We ate the same food, we did literally did the same thing every day. So in the evening I was struggling, so I'd go and stretch and do a little bit of a gym thing to try and take my mind off it. We'd get, into, get back in the room. And then the worst thing was, you sat there and your your mind's just like, your mind's racing. You're like, I'm in, right now I've got a tour card. By the end of tomorrow, I might not have a tour card. Right now, I've got a job for next year. By the end of tomorrow, I might not. So we were just trying to do stuff really to take, take our mind off it. But I mean, it's hard. I don't know if I succeeded at that. My mind was pretty much on it. I managed to sleep all right, to be fair. And then. Yeah, that next day, I made yeah. a double up the first. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and how did so you come back? How did you come back? I mean, the
1: pressure you've, you've, you've admitted to us, the pressure yeah, you are yeah.
2: under going into Q school, yeah? You make a yeah, double, yeah. you're down to minus 12, which is possibly going to be, you know, It's tight the again, limit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how did you come back with, With sort of, I think you have pearl birdies in the next, in the next sort of half dozen holes, didn't you? Um, how, yeah.
1: I mean, it was... Yeah, how did you do I'll, that? I still remember... I'll, Warmed up on the range, great. I was flushing it all week. So we'd gone to the first tee, and I said to Nathan, come on, let's just shoot a good round today and just not think about let's not think about the top 25 or keeping a card. Let's just play a good round of golf. So I hit a decent decent shot at the first. It was just on line with the bunkers, but we hadn't really really reached them. We were hitting like a squirty cut at the first. Got up there, and it was like a foot short of the bunker, but both my feet were in the bunker. So I'm like gripping down the club, halfway down the club, trying to hit a shot at the green. So I'm sort of like, oh, this is not what you need on the first hole, is it? To start of the day. So I've hit this thing. It's gone straight right, miles right. And then I have got a chip out of a wet, muddy lie. My chipping's the worst part of my game, anyway. I sort of fin this chip over <laughs> over the green. Chipped it on. Missed the part six. So suddenly you're out, out of nowhere. Didn't it that bad a tee shot? You've made six, and it's the worst start to the day. Um, I said to Nate on the next tee, let's just. There's nothing, literally nothing we can do about it. Let's just try try and make a few birdies and just we were we thought we were going to shoot a good rounds today so say that was a 66 with a double on the first it just means it's a 68 and that was all we thought really and we, we just played golf from there
2: okay and then you hit the back nine um you, I mean I, like I say I, as, as a golf fan and, and I'm sure yeah. people listening that plays golf I mean I, you, you must be I mean I don't want to use words here but you must be nervous um uh, you have to He's I mean, shitting it.
0: That's, yeah. Let's just be honest. Let's not beat <laughs> around the bush. You, you're shitting
1: I it. I made... I was sweet. No, to be fair, I was sweet. I made birdie on eight, and then I was, yep. was flashing at this point, so I wasn't nervous. I made a good pass save on nine from hitting in the fairway trap. I par ten, and then I made two... I didn't hit bad shots, but... I was, I was struggling chipping all week and I hit two of the worst chip shots you have probably ever seen. The people watching, the spectators must have been thinking, is this guy like a 36 handicap? Because they, <laughs> they, were, they were that bad. They must have been looking at me thinking, what is this guy doing? Um, on 11, I had a simple, simple chip shot. I left it like 15 feet short and missed. And 12 was a really long par four. I hit driver four iron, front edge of the green, pin was at the back. I still to this day, don't know what I was doing. I tried, it's, I don't know why I just think of my putter out and just bump it up there. And the worst case, you're making a five. I tried, like, hitting a spinny one. I hit it over the back of the green. Then there's a big slope, flopped it on, missed the part six. And then suddenly, yeah, like, shit, the fan. Like, made double there. And suddenly I'm on the limit thinking, what are you doing? Do you you know what you – I mean, do
2: you have an idea what you need to to shoot? Or at this stage, are you just going, I just need to do what
1: I can and whatever will be, will be? Yeah, after that, after that double, I knew I was – there was, there was a few leaderboards up, so you knew what the bubble was. Um, so at that stage, after making double, it was sort of like, just hang on for dear life and just try and get in the clubhouse. Not I wasn't bothered about finishing top five or top ten at that stage. It was like, what have you done? You don't. like Just try and get in the clubhouse on as good a score as you can, and ho- well, should, hopefully it's enough because you could see the bubble. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And So you're sitting in the clubhouse... Watching it all, or, or, or
1: no, you, we were. Don't want to know. I was second to last group, so yeah. we knew basically. Um, what did I, I made? I was on the bubble playing 16. I remember the par five, I hit three solid shots, just missed birdie. It was that, so I made par there 17, start part par three, 180, 7 iron, hit really good shots, 20 foot. I hit it three foot pass, and suddenly that three foot putt. <laughs> the hole looks so small I was like please just tap it in luckily hold that say luckily the was would have been all over the shop on the way back and then 18 I don't know what I had a moment of madness on 18 I hit a good drive down there and it just went through the fairway in like a divot and I had 200 yards to carry the water into the par 5 and I was on the down slope and I pulled 5 iron out not thinking of anything just thought it's a fireman isn't it on the green and Nathan was like as I'm sort of stepping into it, he's like, mate, are you sure you want to hit that? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you need five to finish within what, like, inside one. He's like, why don't you just go 54, 54, two-part and get out. And then I looked at the lie. It was like in the back end of a divot on this downslope. And I thought, yeah, I was like, you're, you're probably right there. I don't know what I'm doing. So put the club back, wedged it down, wedged it on to eight feet, lipped out for birdie and tapped in and thought, thank wow. God for that.
2: Right. How important... Okay, that's interesting because we hear about the teamwork and stuff, you know, player and caddy, etc. I mean, how important is him stopping you doing that? I mean, it's it's, you know, how much do you have to but trust I, that that that?
1: Probably pro- that probably would have made free, but <laughs> no, I'm, j- I'm j- yeah, joking. Probably, more comfortable. I'll probably, be, I'll probably be a plaster right now. But hit that. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I think certain player and caddy relationships. Uh, right. a massive positive for the player that week me and they just jailed all week we had a re- we had a fun week really as well as because in the situation you're in it's tough to have a fun week at final stage of q school but throughout the whole week six rounds of golf couple of practice rounds we stand yeah it was good fun we had a we had a decent time yeah well i mean congratulations for that obviously um, thank you very much
2: getting, God, that's fantastic um i mean right okay you talk about we're talk. look i'm not going to bring this up nicely yeah Going through your, 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 I'm looking at top eight, top 10s, top 15s, yeah? Yeah. There are low rounds in there, and there's always something somewhere in the tournament that seems to put you out of contention. What, I mean, is that concentration? I'm going to put it nicely, why? <laughs> well, no, 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 but I want, Toby, I want to see, I want to see. Yeah, yeah we all yeah, You know sure, I do, I've, sure. been, I've, been, you know, I've been messaging you for a while now, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what is that difference? So why, what comes from a 66 one day and a 75 the next day?
1: Um, yeah Uh, it's a good question Uh, my results definitely I know they're nearest because they should be and there is always that one round that just puts me a little bit out of it Um, I think it's just being a having the whole package really I've always had a couple of elements in my game that I struggle with and in pressure situations if you haven't done the work if you haven't put the reps in it will show up and you're playing against people that they're going if they're going to win a tournament you're going 67 every day to finish 20 under so there's no opportunity to have weak areas in the game where you don't get up and down where you should do, or you miss a couple of eight-foot parts. Because one day it will show up more than others, and then that will cost you three, four shots at the end of the week, and that's the difference between finishing top three and ten to twelve, really.
2: Yeah, it is a matter of it's a matter of that putt going in or that chip being right. Or yeah, five like, yeah. Down the first on on Q school. If you're if you're three foot shorter, it's not a problem. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's I mean. Bowl, isn't it?
1: But that could have happened to me on the second hole in the second round, and mm. I would never have thought of it. But it, it would have still been in there, I suppose. But I think, like, for, if, for example, final round of Q School. If you get a good, if someone with a good short game played my ball that day, I don't make six on one. I, I make five, say. I don't make six on twelve. I make four because <laughs> it wasn't a hard chip. And on eleven, I make four instead of five because it's an easy chip. So there's like three or four shot difference. From doing nothing but just up and downing it a bit better. So, I've done a lot of work lately on my short games to try and improve it because the people, the boys are main for their short games are mustard. Like, no one's got a weak part to their game really, and the pressure they do it under is immense. So, it's. It's impressive I think to watch. that brings
0: us on quite nicely, because I just wanted to go, go back a little bit here, um, going all over the place a little bit, but yeah. the, the, the Open at Birkdale, um, obviously going in there, um, and and you practice with some pretty good players, didn't you? I think you had Dustin in there, Stenson in there. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you speak about how you actually sort of felt comfortable playing with them in, in the practice rounds. There was obviously a bit of nerves. Um how you know, is that do you see from that the difference between short games and things like that? Because you said actually during the week that you played pretty well and didn't score as as well as you should really.
1: Yeah. Um Birkdale was I have had a couple of like um eye opening like moments in my career, I suppose, as a pro. And Birkdale was was one of them. Um I qualified at Woburn. Mm-hmm. I was out all weekend with boys. Rocked up, sun, I was Oh, yeah. Rocked up Tuesday morning, qualified, and everyone was like, "How have you ever qualified?" Like I cruised the qualifying. I was miles inside the car. I had a bit of a poor finish, but anyway, made the open, and then finished. I can't remember what I finished at the open. Fiftieth, maybe. Yeah,
0: fifty-fourth, I think. Or 57th,
1: yeah. Or I worked hard, obviously, before the Open, because and everyone is, right? It's the Open. They're gonna, you're gonna work your socks off. But it made me realise, yeah, maybe I can make a cut, like have a career out of golf, really, because that's one of the biggest tournaments in the world. My first ever major championship, and I held my own, really. I made the cut. Uh, had a couple of decent rounds on the weekend in front of packed, packed crowds. I felt comfortable doing it. I didn't feel like I was out of place. I didn't feel like I was gonna miss the golf ball for the first 30. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. I had a really good experience. I woke up you Sunday. You were gonna
0: miss the ball, but did, didn't you top one in the in the second round? <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> made a miraculous par after yeah. that or...
1: on the uh, on the 18th. Yeah, on the 18th, second round, I tried it like a stinger three I hit it so low, it hit the end of the tee box. <laughs> it didn't even didn't even reach the fairway. Then I have got all these people looking at me like, "Why is this guy 30, 40 yards short of <laughs> the fairway?" <laughs> But yeah, I luckily made I was,
0: part there, to I was there at Burtdow and you had a you had a cracking following. There's a few inflatable trees about, and and things like that. And how important, obviously, because I suppose a lot of you creating you're probably not playing in front of big crowds, and all of a sudden, not only are all your mates there, but there's a yeah, there's thousands of other people there watching you as well. Um, yeah, is that is, is it more of an enjoyment factor as opposed to feeding under pressure at that point? Um, that's
1: a good question. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I had a really good following. To be fair, it was. I prefer playing in front of people because you, you sort of get that feeling like you can show off what you're good at, right? Yeah. It's like when you're a kid at school, if you had a football game, if there was people watching after, it was like it was a good feeling. So yeah, I enjoyed I didn't feel much pressure from it. I just enjoyed it. I had my parents up there. I had Chris and Rob from Jellyfish. They'd sponsored me my whole pro career. So it was nice for them to actually see me in a major championship after them sponsored for me all those years because I hadn't had much success up until then. I then had all the boys come up with the bloody palm trees on their backs <laughs> half cut all the way around so it was, it was good fun yeah it was really
0: good and you, when, so when you go from that obviously and that was your biggest um money earner wasn't it that, that open even though it was a 50th place finish whatever that's uh, the most money you've made on the golf course and um now you're going to be playing on the european tour when we get out of this lockdown period um yeah. and you're going to be playing with those sort of players again and and you just say there that obviously you like playing in front of crowds. Do you think that will that will raise your game?
1: Yeah, uh, the yeah the playing in in front of people is only a good thing. I think uh, you you either you're only playing in front of people for a, a good reason, really, aren't you? Either in a good event, you're either playing well, and then it's a chance to showcase your skills. Um, I mean, it doesn't bother me too much if like a bad shot. I find it quite funny, really, if people are watching. Then I hit a poor a poor shot. I remember at SA Open a few years back. It was quite a lot of people around the green hit it in the bunker, somehow managed to get the ball to go backwards in the bunker, and everyone's, <laughs> everyone's sort of moaned and groaned like a firework show. Um, I looked over my caddy and just burst out laughing. So, I mean, like, it doesn't bother me too much. In that aspect, it's just always a good thing if people are there, you're doing well. Yeah, of
2: course. Absolutely. Um, you, you moved from um, IMG, um, and you're now signed with Chubby's uh, ISM management crew. Yeah, um, Has that given you it's more of a stuff. focus yeah has they given you because i know uh, on an interview recently you said that you decided with him or he decided for you or you decided for him that you're going to play the south africa which is obvious rather than australia um yeah is, is there more of an influence a more professional influence involved now that that's given you you know a much more focused outlook to the game
1: yeah i left i left img just because yeah it just sort of fizzled out and then a year later i joined i joined chubby at ism and for me it's been really good uh it's a lot more personal the relationship i have with him and the other people within the within the company um that's something which has helped me out a lot um just more chatting on a regular basis how you're getting on with not just golf stuff but stuff behind the scenes just sort of that aspect really so like a decision like south africa uh, for example, he said rather play those three Challenge Tour events and progress your game there, rather than fly away over to Oz to play one event mm-hmm. on the European Tour. So it just made sense, really, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and you've, you've you've said recently, of course, that you're you've been very good. You're going to bed early. Uh, <laughs> oh, that interview, uh, yeah. isn't it? they always yeah, try and stitch me up yeah. those
1: boys they always try and get something out of me yeah i think um, I, I think your reputation precedes you toby no, I'm, a, um, I'm, a, I'm a new man that week i, yeah, well, that's I completed great. cape town completed cape town before so i was in bed early most nights uh, that week you, just chilling out and getting ready yeah, for the tournament yeah no, you
2: know it's absolutely great i mean you know like you say like you say there's nothing there's nothing wrong with going down and having having a bit of fun they, you know everybody yeah. does but but ultimately, you're, you've got to make a living at golf. And, um, That's it. I yeah, think it's great. I, I, you know, I think, I think we, you know, we can only wish you all the best, really. Um, just one other of interest. Um, 24th at Q School, weren't you? Yeah, um, Yeah, tied 24th. Christian, Christian, Bez. We don't say his full name because neither of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, he finished uh, 25th, I think, when he, he qualified for Euro Tour. Held on to his card the year after. And now he's absolutely flying. So we're expecting he's flying, three, he? three years time to be playing at Bay Hill.
1: <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's He's why been not. playing seriously. well, are Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Do, been, do
0: you think the the move to ISM the does that give you a confidence boost based on sort of the golfers they've got on that on that team? You know, you've got sort of George Cozier and Justin Harding and you know Matt Wallace, like you spoke about, and you know. Do, do, being wanted by them and working with them do you think that that shows your potential and, and what you can look forward to in the next couple
1: of years yeah it was there was a feeling feeling a bit like that um when chubby approached me i mean i was pretty i wasn't really doing much at all uh my results hadn't been good i was sort of treading water really and then he approached me and said look we want to do something try and blah blah blah. have we have a bit of faith in you We, we believe we can help you and get you to where you want to be so it does make you think well if those guys sort of believe in you and think you could do well enough that they want to sign you because obviously it's a business at the end of the day isn't it they're not going to put time and effort into you if they don't think that you can achieve what they want out of the game as well as you so I suppose it does give you a bit of belief in yourself like well if these guys are the time and effort into me then if you work hard and start changing some daily habits and doing things well again then maybe you can get back to where you want to be
0: Yeah exactly and you know there's another guy on, on that part of the team there Sammy Valimaki as well that he he got his uh, tour card in in 2019 as well I think yeah, yeah. he wins beating one of your friends Brandon Stone as well so you know this is how quickly things can change isn't it you had a you had a third in in South Africa where you, you know you do play well uh, you played pretty well in Qatar last time out but um, obviously the scoring there was was low so i suppose you know when you're sitting there and you're shooting par or better that you know you need a, a real low round to really progress but you know i suppose this kind of really come at a terrible time to be locked down because you were sort of just bubbling into some good form
1: yeah yeah I was, the results were like i said were a little up and down but it was more like the just the daily routine and like the habits i got into that was that was so good that was going to help over time get those results better but yeah lockdown it's just got me uh yeah, you can only do what you can do whilst you're stuck inside.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, just, just before we let you go, mate, it's just what, how have you, how have the tour sort of dealt with, with the lockdown? Are you in touch with them constantly? Do you know your situation regarding your card and, and tournaments coming up?
1: Um, They're in touch with us quite a lot, to be fair. They send us various e- emails about different things, updating us on the situation, uh, sending us through things for people that, like... Well, they, they've been sending through like nutritional stuff for people, how to help people to eat uh, during lockdown, like mental health stuff for people that are feeling anxious or worried about the situation, uh, tips on like health in general, so what to do to boost your immune system, just loads of random stuff like that. They've been sending us a lot of emails about, and then just yeah, just keeping us updated on the situation. So they're doing the best they can, really. Um, I personally, I don't know when i haven't got a clue really when the restart is going to be um i should probably ask a question really <laughs> um but yeah i haven't got a clue when the restart is going to be um god knows yeah
0: well, i mean a... cause that's the thing isn't it is the european tour haven't really come out and said anything publicly so it's not sort of like you can just log on to twitter and they've announced the schedule of it the PJ tour have done that uh they announced the sort of the, the full series and and the major's been put back on apart from the open um and they're actually looking to go ahead until June now. Uh, they're sort of thinking about reopening it, which I don't think is going to really? happen. In, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in Europe. Um, I think the European tour, from the approach I've seen, they're kind of they're not going to announce anything until they're absolutely sure they can stick to the event. Whereas I think the PGA tour are trying to be optimistic and and kind of and put things out there. Um, so yeah, I think it's really hard to kind of work out where you're going from there. And I suppose that's the hardest thing is you you want to practice and, and keep your hand in, but you don't know what you're working towards at the moment.
1: No, that that is the a, a thing at the minute. Um, that's the I was speaking to someone about this the other day. You can practice for weeks and weeks and weeks, but if you don't know what you're working towards, it just gets it'll just fizzle out a bit. Um, so I mean, I'm just doing some technical stuff on the, in the net, just keeping sharp. And then when we're out of lockdown, I think I'm gonna, depending on when we restart, if we restart in September, I might go away for a couple of weeks, just to sort of chill out, have a little holiday, because it's the back end of the year. Uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty hectic. The schedule up until Christmas because we're just yeah. going to have to fit as much golf in as we can.
2: going to be immense pressure, isn't there as well? Yeah, right? it is. But, but every. I mean, I mean, we were talking earlier. Um, even looking wherever you want to look, I mean, the Ned Bank's being held at the same week as the Masters, so. Uh, no yeah, idea, I see but, that. Yeah, you can you can get there, down there can't you? You can get down to the <laughs> Ned Bank.
1: Um, I mean, if they want me to play, I'll make the flight yeah. out. But I mean,
2: do you know what I mean? So, so that's the same week. So and, and they're just going to have to fit in so many tournaments to make the season mm. worthwhile. I mean, how can you say to somebody that's qualified for the for, for their card this year? How can you turn around and go, well, there's you know eight tournaments you can play or something like that? It's it's I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Um, no. Um, you know, and it must be just ultimately just incredibly frustrating. Um, and I think yeah. Tom, the fact that you don't know what's going on, you have no idea if it's June, July, August, September. Um, no. and what they're going to do and how they're going to fit it in. And you obviously will, will want to go down to uh, South Africa when you can uh, at the end of the year. Are there going to be little bits added in between, which mean that you've got to make that that decision? Um, golf isn't going to be great to be played in some places in Europe in
1: October and November. It's yeah, just... that's it, isn't it? October, right. November, the golf in Europe's it's not ideal. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I have no idea. I haven't exactly got off to the quickest of starts on the order of merit either Uh, i've made like two out of four cuts or something so yeah i'm not exactly in a position where less events is better i need a few more events to play well and try and get up the rankings for the following year
2: yeah absolutely
1: yeah
2: Um, I, 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 i just i just wouldn't know how you would approach it i just think it's incredible and i mean i know the sunshine tour have um sort of made some sort of uh payment scheme haven't they i believe to yeah so players are i'm not saying yeah too. the top
1: top 100 on the order of merit got some money for like well they said for necessities and stuff so that's very good on their part but because i suppose that the tour down there it's not exactly people aren't as well off as the people on the european tour for example if you make the if you finish 80th on the order of merit down there you're probably not even making money for the year so in the for the times that they can't play golf they well for me for example uh, it was my first year on European Tour whereas someone if they've played eight years on the European Tour if they're in lockdown for three months them not being able to earn money it's not as it's not as drastic as someone that's you know what I mean not got much money in the bank because most yeah. people on the European Tour are well off
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's what no. i because it's, it's funny but because uh, I was speaking to Chris Plays and he was saying that a lot of golfers uh, build in um, into their finances uh, a sort of the possibility of missing a few cuts, and that's all well and good if you've had a few years to do that and and you've got some money in reserve but if you're, if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you if you're if you're out there for the first time and you are relying on these events, I suppose you're ready to ready to get going and sort yourself out yeah. stuff or two, so
1: yeah exactly yeah. trying to earn a bit of dough
0: <laughs> listen mate i think we'll uh, we'll let you go um we've taken up enough of your time and uh, I don't know what the plan is for today and try and get yourself out in practice but uh yeah. but look after yourself thank uh, you very much wish cheers the best. Guys. Thank you for your
2: time, Toby. And yeah, we'll get a game in when uh, we're allowed back <laughs> out. Oh, yeah. Ted, yeah. Well, Ted Scott wants a game, so he can
1: caddy, I could, yeah. I could do it yeah. with a bit of dough. You can't be taking <laughs> yeah. too much off me. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Don't take off
0: the poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks a lot, guys. Right, thanks, thanks easy. Enjoy Yeah, Enjoy your day. Catch yeah. you later.